Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to 1865 and our last match report of the season. Forrest went away to Crystal Palace and drew one all in a party atmosphere. My name is Rich Ferraro, and I'm joined today by Tom. Say hi. Hiya. And also by Adam. Hello. Hello. And you were both at the game yesterday. But before we talk about the game, the atmosphere, the end of the season, let's just run through the Forest team news. So Forest had Wayne Hennessy in goal as Kalor Navas has got a groin injury, which obviously saw him substituted against Arsenal. So it looks like he's probably played his last game for the club. Joe Worrell was the captain, playing in a back three alongside Willy Bolly and Musa Niakate. Felipe had also hurt himself against Arsenal, so he was watching from home. And then in midfield, the pivot was Ryan Yates with Oral Mangala, Serge Aurier and Renan Lodi at wingback, and then Brennan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs-White, either side of Taiwo Awanyi. Now, Tom, before we got started, you were saying that even before the match got going... I mean, I've been to last day games at Selhurst in the past um, and it's I quite like it. It's an old school ground. The home fans are good fun. The away fans are seated near uh, near to a kind of a, a noisy bunch. Um, and yeah, it's a good place to have a bit of a party, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. A few years ago, um, we had the final game of the season against um, against them when I think Leeds were trying to get into the playoffs and um and there was obviously a bit of nervous tension, but seeing we got the job done last week, it was uh, a party atmosphere around London Bridge before the game with uh, the Fours boys and and everything, and um, and having a waka waka song, a uh, well our own rendition of it on constant mm-hmm. in South London yesterday. It was a a brilliant uh, experience to be there. Adam, how was your how was your day? It was a really good day. It took. There was, honestly, it took me like 10, 15 minutes to realise there was a football game going on. Like, I got slapped in the face by so many inflatable beach balls or bananas or trees or rams. It literally just bounced off my head about 10 times in the first 10, 15 minutes. But 
it was good fun. I mean, that's marginally better than the thing that Brent, the inflatable thing that Brennan Johnson had at the end of the game, but that's another story entirely. Must, uh, yeah. Same way in South London, he must have done off Del Boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> one for the that's one for listeners of a certain age. Uh, so Adam probably has no idea what we're talking about there. But okay, um for what it's worth, um obviously the match ended one all. Forest were resplendent resplendent in their Brazilian style yellow and blue kit. Um it was a sunny day. I mean, can we agree, Adam? Uh, as you said, you know, it took a while for for you to kind of get into the swing of the match with all the party atmosphere. Can we also agree that it was a dead rubber? The football wasn't the most important thing on the day, was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, both teams played like two teams on the last game of the season that didn't have anything to play for. It it wasn't as if we were knocking it around and, you know, we were we were desperate to get the goal and all that sort of stuff. And both teams kind of were just pretty content with just knocking it about and, you know, Morgan Gibbs White trying to have a few little flicks, Abrici Eze trying to do have a few little flicks around the player that we, you know, we all sat there, we all stood there and said to each other, like, these are the things they don't do if they're actually playing for mm-hmm. something today. Um, but it was nice. It was very, it was the first game all season where we could stand there, watch the football and be like, you know what? If we get a result, amazing. If we don't get a result, it's not going to affect us, right? And that relief and that sort of no-tension style of football was great. And to be fair, we did actually play really well. Good, good. That's nice to hear. And um, Tom, let's just have a think about the team that, that, that Forrest put out, the fact that it was last day. I mean... Like you say, it, like Adam said, it rather it uh, it gives gives the players a chance to kind of express themselves. Did it feel? I mean, it was the last match on match of the day last night. <laughs> was was that about right? Was that about worthy? Yeah, if you look at like all the other teams, like obviously the relegated teams and teams who are battling to stay up, i.e. Um, Everton, and there's a couple of European places. Yeah, I think it was about uh, right to be honest. So, like Palace have been pretty much safe for the last month or so, and. Obviously, we sorted the job out last Saturday against Arsenal. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty much that, really. Um, yeah, the I think it was just a matter of expressing themselves, just enjoy it, no tension, nothing riding on it. And one all draw was pretty much the fair result at the end of the day. OK, and given given the uh, raised heart rates and blood pressure that we'd all experienced over the last sort of uh, two or three weeks, Tom, was that a, a bit of a relief for you in terms of going to going to the away match? Like you say, you know, going to uh, meet up with other fans. Um, and thank you, of course, once again to Forza, but going to meet up with other fans, um, enjoying the day, the day out in London. The lack of footballing tension, was that actually a welcome relief? Yeah, pretty much. It's been a bit of a... Well, no, it's not been an easy season. And uh, like I said, we got the job done last Saturday. So, yeah, it was nice to have that like bit of party atmosphere, knowing that you're going to be a Premier League club um, next year. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Forza for not just yesterday, but all the away guides. And it's been really helpful. Um, I mean, to be honest, I've been to the majority of the um, Premier League grounds um, before in terms of if they've been in the same league as us or uh, cup matches, etc., um, but yeah, the away garden has been absolutely uh, spot on this season and it's just like you can plan your day um, a bit better. So, um, so yeah, so thanks to them for doing that and, um, and we'll go again next season. And um, Adam, had you been to Selhurst before? Uh, no, no, that was the first 
first time. Um, I thought it was a proper old school football ground. Um, I, I, I really liked it. I mean, when we walked in the turnstiles, I literally couldn't move. Um, <laughs> it was, but other than that, no, it was absolutely fine. We were, we were in the lower bit as well. I did have the post in front of me, but I sort of just like... That's how you know you're in an old school ground, isn't it? As a pillar in the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a cracking ground. Um, once they, I mean, after they scored, I mean, there was a bit of atmosphere. I, mean, look, I think it's, it's, it's hard to judge their atmosphere on a game that's the last game of the season that it doesn't mean anything. It's kind of a little bit difficult to judge it, but from what I could tell... They had a, a Leicester-style singing section, um, just not uh, pre-announced. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no um, clappers as well. No, no, no. Okay, right. We should talk a, a bit about the match. So, um, in terms of notable occurrences, I think it's fair to say that Palace had had more of the ball. Forest, you know, set up with with the low block counter-attacking style, as you'd expect. Um, I mean, the 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 man attracting the headlines for the home team was probably Eberichieze, and and of course Michael Olise was playing as well. So those are two very exciting young players who are playing with freedom since Palace secured their safety. Uh, so the first notable chance came after about twenty minutes. So Eze fired wide. Um, there was also a shot that he had, which which hit Jordan Ayew on the line. Um, and if it had gone in, then it would have been ruled out as IU would have been offside. And then um, but it, it bounced back and then uh, Will Hughes fired wide. Um, displaying some of that legendary IU prowess, eh, Adam? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that that was, um, we all knew that it, it'd get obviously ruled out anyway. Um, I think obviously in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, there, there, was, there wasn't a lot of chances. There was a lot of passing around the back. There was a lot of... Uh, passing into midfield and then going back to your centre half, so it 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 was quite a, a quiet first twenty minutes, and that was really the only action point that we had. Um, and Will Hughes got his fair amount of stick, I would say, from the Forest fans. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 come back to him. Um, Tom, the 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 breakthrough came from Forest after just half uh, after just after half an hour. Um, I mean, it was. It was it was a Gibbs White uh, moment of magic. Another assist for him, for him, and then Tywo went through, and uh, it's a strange one, isn't it? I bet at the time you're thinking he's made that more difficult for himself, but a confident striker has always got a chance of putting it away, hasn't he, Tom? He has. And when the ball got played around the corner outside of Gibbs White, Johnson, when you, a goalkeeper comes, then get, uh, then stops and goes back, you're thinking he's in trouble here. And it was really good uh, composure by uh, Tawo. He's he's in a rich vein of form, isn't he, at the moment? I think he's, is it six goals? Six in four, yeah. Six in four. And he's like, he's really, his goals are stating the obvious, but since he's come into the side after injury, have been the difference between us staying up and going down. And he's been brilliant, hasn't he, in the last month or so. And he took his goal um, really well. And it'd be nice to get a a decent pre-season under him and he can kick on uh, next season because uh, yeah he's been a real asset for us when you look at the like the other teams in the relegation places have been like struggling for goals he's been the one who's like we've pinned our hopes on and he's um, he's delivered with his like I says uh, six uh, goals in four games 
Yeah, we got two, we got two record signings there. So um, obviously Taiwo was was the record signing at the time that he signed, and then that was eclipsed by by Gibbs White, who is currently at thirty five million pound and counting. But Adam, <clears throat> you know, in in the weekend when when Luton got promoted, and uh, I think it's fair to say that they probably won't be spending as much money as Forrest did. Um, it just goes to show that actually moving into that kind of stratospheric uh, fees that kind of ballpark of paying like a few million doesn't cut it in the prem does it if you want to have effective players you got to be spending the big bucks haven't you yeah absolutely and i think that you've got a situation where you've got this money you still have to spend it correctly you still have to bring the right profile and the right type of player in you brought in morgan gibbs white who's a youngster who had a good loan spell last year at sheffield united but there's still so much risk attached to him that he's barely played in the Premier League. He didn't know how, how good he'd be. But was it five goals and nine assists in the Premier League later? Um, he's not just his stats. He's a lot more than that. Player Forest player of the season. So that's clearly worked out. And then Taiwo, I, I truly believe he's a 15, 20 goal a season striker in the Premier League. And he, he, he absolutely would have got that amount without his injury. You know, he yeah. ended up on, what, 11 or 12 and he he must have. I mean, I, I I did see a stat the other day that he's got a similar conversion rate to people like Ollie Watkins and um, Min Son and players like that this season because of obviously his minutes he's played and the goals he scored and the goals he scored have been so important. I mean, his goal yesterday was literally just, you know, he got for a goal. I thought the chance had gone um, when he took so long. I thought oh, chance has gone here. He's, he's he's put it too wide and then he hammers it with his left foot into the far corner, which begs the question: I don't even know what foot he is. Because <laughs> he seems to be able to finish with both of them anyway. He seems fairly comfortable either way. And he's against two really good centre-halves yesterday. Joachim Anderson and Mark Gehry are, are both really good centre-halves. So, yeah, no, he had a good day yesterday. Um, he, like Tom says, I completely agree. If he stays fit and he's got a full pre-season under his belt, he could be a real weapon next season. Mm, and, talk, and, and, and talking about uh, Gibbs White, he got, obviously, player of the season... Taro won and got three percent of the votes, and I'm staggered by that. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, this is something that uh, uh, the, the voting. No one was surprised that Morgan got Player of the Season, but you look at the uh, the 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 second place and the third place, and you kind of think, well, this, Morgan's took it by a long way. And then I was a little bit surprised to see Navas in second place, weren't you, Tom? Yeah. Um, well, I only know who. Um, won it because it was announced yesterday then somebody says oh I won it and he got 3% but I didn't know what the other places were and even at the start of the season when um, Brennan Johnson I think he finished did he finish on something like 7 or 8 goals this season Brennan mm-hmm. and I think it's eight, it, 8 8 league goals and Tyro yeah, got but, 10 league goals yeah and without his goals um, on top of with um, Tyro's it's, where would we be and if you remember Brennan Johnson um, at the start of the season was the only one who was really scoring I mean um, he scored again. Did he score against um, Bournemouth at home? And he scored against Everton. Yeah. And um, obviously, he scored two against Leicester. And without those goals, you just don't know where he would have been. So, yeah, I mean, Morgan's had a terrific um, first season with us, and, uh, and it's his first real season in the Premier League. But yeah, I'm staggered with the um, Tower only getting three percent of the votes. And in the last month, he's been. Absolutely brilliant. And before he got injured at Southampton, he was brilliant because he had a really good game against Chelsea, got the goal against Southampton. So he's had a bit of a bit of a stop-start season as Tyro. But yeah, with his goals, what he's scored over the course of the season, been absolutely pivotal 
you know, staying in the Premier League. I mean, on, on that topic, and we will talk about this a little bit more because we're going to do an end of season review uh, podcast in another week or so's time, listeners. But uh, yeah, Morgan got 42% of the votes for player of the season. Kaylor Navas had 25. Brennan was in third with 7%. But on that topic, um, Tom, I mean, Brennan's also taken more of a supporting role since Tywo's come back in the team because we have changed the way we play up front, where Tywo's playing as a proper number nine and uh, Johnson and Gibbs White are kind of either side rather than the old fashioned false nine with wide strikers that that we played last season and that we tried to play for about two thirds of this season. Yeah, I, to be honest, I didn't like the when we um, didn't play with a striker. I just thought we were so toothless in the final third, and and obviously when Tyro has been there, I mean. It's the old adage, isn't it? If you don't play with a striker, unless you're like Barcelona, who you can do that, um, you're going to ultimately struggle. And um, we've looked a hell of a better side with a proper striker um, up front. And yeah, Brennan, um, yeah, he's just in the last month or so, he's just had to pay, take a, like a, a backseat role, if you know what I mean, because of how well Tawo and Gibbs White's been playing. But I think it's all to do in the summer with Steve Cooper, how he's going to mould the three of them into his side uh, for next season. Because like I said, I can't see uh, any of the big hitters um, leaving because obviously we don't need to, to sell and they don't need to leave because you're going to get regular game time compared if you go to like one of the bigger sides, you might be on the bench for the majority of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so back to the match. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to skip forward to, to, to half time. Forest leading one nil at half time. Um, obviously, the, the the footballing world's attention was elsewhere because at that point Leicester were going to stay up and, and Everton were going down and so on. So so our match was kind of going on almost in the background. But um, obviously, as Forest fans, there's only one team that we're really interested in. Um, I think it's fair to say, Adam, that uh, that Palace. Despite the fact both teams were on the beach, Palace were still pretty much dominant in terms of possession, in terms of chances in the second half, weren't they? So again, um, Elise and and Eze, they, I mean, they're such good players, aren't they? They are, yeah. And I, and I think that we we knew that going in, and we we completely understood that it was going to be a difficult battle to keep them too quiet. Um, I think we did a, a, a pretty good job. Of keeping them both quiet, um, I, I I can't remember an awful lot that they had. Um, they did have a. I mean, the only thing I can really think about is is towards the end of the game when Eze had a chance on like the full volley where he's hammered it straight down the throat of Hennessy anyway, mm-hmm. and he saved it. Um, Elise was fairly quiet on the day; he was getting really frustrated. Um, one thing we did do really well yesterday, especially in the second half, is we just went really hard into players. Like as soon as Elise got the ball, he got snapped into by Yates, or he got snapped into by Toffolo, who was playing left back on that side. So we didn't give them, and there's something that I was noticing throughout the game. We just didn't give them chance to to play. We didn't give them the opportunity to get into the pocket of space and operate like Eze wants to do, like Elise wants to do. The the players that had long a bit more of the ball second half were players like Ayu and Mateta. Because you look at them and think, well, if they've got the ball, it's not as dangerous as Eze or Elise having the ball because they're the creators in the team. So we really targeted the players well, but yeah, we didn't really have a lot of the ball and we didn't really have a lot of big chances for ourselves second half. But I do think we dealt with Palace well. The goal was just a little bit of a shame, to be fair. Okay, so let's let's talk about that goal then, Adam, because 
um, well, you mentioned that Toff had come on at halftime for for Ren and Lodi, and and um, I don't know. Do, do we know if that was an injury, or do we know if that was just a, a tactical choice? Bearing in mind that Toff's maybe a little bit more old fashioned and able to snap into challenges in that way. He didn't look injured, um, and obviously he came over at the end of the game, and mm-hmm. he, he he did seem okay, uh, but. I think at that point in time, if even if you've just got like a little niggle or something, if you've got Toffolo on the bench, you may as well just bring him on. Yeah. Um and, and and I would also say that Toff's probably had a little bit of a, a raw deal in, in some at some points of the season because he's not done anything wrong really in a red shirt and uh, yeah, he's had to play second fiddle, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. But I mean, when you've got Renan Lodi there, you know, it's it, it it's gonna it's always gonna be tough to take that place. Um, he's obviously posted his goodbye on Instagram. I, I really hope it's not a goodbye. I hope mm-hmm. it's just more of a see you later type thing. But we'll have to see with that, won't we? This, this, yeah, yeah. The, you know, obviously the fans were singing after the game, you know, sign him up when he came mm-hmm. over. I'm sure he didn't understand what we were singing, to be fair. <laughs> but um, I hope someone gave him the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that goal, the reason I, I've sort of digressed slightly is because the goal did come down our left-hand side and and, and Forrest's, uh, sorry, Palace's right-hand side. Now, the cross came in, Hughes got a header, it deflected off Bolly, which took it past Hennessy. But there's a question mark over a handball in the build-up, which I think was Elise, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, I'm really split on this because I watched it back on match of the day and I've watched the highlights before we come on because I usually try and sort of do that just to refresh my brain a little bit. Um, I do think it would have been harsh to, to give a handball for for that one with Elise. Um, with with the current ruling and stuff, you could say like it, it would have been. Um, I don't know. Obviously, with VAR, it's difficult because they, they would only look at something, at a certain passage of play or like point of the move. So I don't know if they would have looked at it, um, but it maybe would have been harsh to give for a handball. The goal was just really fortunate, really. We didn't we didn't give them an awful lot in way of like clear cut chances. This wasn't one of them either. To be fair, he's kind of just flicked it on, and obviously it's come off Bolly, and that's what's taking it over Hennessy. If it doesn't touch Bolly, it probably just lands in Hennessy's gloves, and you know, it, it's a bit more clean cut, and it's it's. Not really, because obviously from the away end, it looked like he'd just done really well and flicked it into the far corner. Um, I'm not sure about his celebration, though, giving it the old shush to the Forest fans. I mean, it's the last game of the season that doesn't really matter for either team. And we certainly didn't shush after that, let's be honest. So, um, But no, it was good fun. I think he took it all quite well. He was laughing at the Forest fans when he came over when we were slating him. So to be fair to Will Hughes, he did take everything quite well. Yeah, Tom, I think that that's something that goes both ways, isn't it? Whereby um, if you get in the if you get in, um, uh, let's say, treatment from from the opposition fans, the best way to shut them up is to do it on the pitch, isn't it? Um, Because if you make if you make gestures or you do things like that, then also the uh, you're setting each other a challenge, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. I think for the going back. To the goal he scored, I think he just moved a bit quicker than Bolly. If you watch Cross come in, it's like, yeah, when you, yeah, like I say, he just reacted a bit quick and he's just got that half yard on Bolly. And I think if Bolly actually reacted with him at the same time, I think it would have come off Bolly for a corner. But seeing he's, he just nipped in half a yard quicker and flicked it off uh, Bolly and it looped into the back of the net. But uh, yeah, with Will Hughes um, from. I think he's from obviously Derby, isn't he? So it's just a case of like 
and they think he can do to get over Forest because uh, obviously the gulf between us and Derby, anything he can uh, do, he's, he's done it, hasn't he? So, uh, but um, yeah, he's in, like I said, he's in the Premier League and, and Derby as a club are uh, miles from it. So, which is oh, you couldn't thing. resist there, could you, Tom? <laughs> um, and just quickly on 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 Bolly, uh, when he first came into the team in the first half of the season pre World Cup. Uh, he looked a little bit, a little bit rusty in those first few matches. He didn't really look up to pace, and then he looked really imperious. So maybe that mistake today, if we can call it a mistake, uh, was that just, something whereby, yeah, because he hasn't played for a while, maybe he's just like yeah, that split second slower. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Cooper said it, um, when he did actually um, when he was ruled out for. Um, well, he says it's, he's ruled out for the season, so I was surprised to see him back a couple of games ago or whatever it was. So I think he's just match sharpness in it. To be honest, yesterday um, it didn't really affect matters, uh, did it? In terms of um, staying in the league or or whatever. So yeah, I just think it's just ring rust, really. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, so obviously that goal came came in after I think it was sixty six minutes off the top of my head, um, and. So there's still half an hour to go once you add in stoppage time and everything. But let's let's be honest, wasn't a huge amount else to uh, to really uh, talk about on the pitch. Adam, you mentioned there's that chance that Eze had, which which he hit straight at Hennessy. Um, so let's leave that bit for, there for now, and let's just say that the match ended one all. The 1865 match report. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to 18... Thank you for listening to the 1865 Match Report. We are here with Tom and Adam talking about Forrest's last game of the season in the Premier League at Crystal Palace. Uh, we ended um, part one talking about Willie Bolly, who came, came into the team uh, with Felipe being out. And I think it's probably worth giving a mention to his defensive partners. Now, uh, near Kate having been out for so long with this mystery injury, Adam, he's, he's come back in and he's looking like a Rolls Royce in the defence, isn't he? Yeah, he's fantastic. You know, he, he's so fast. He's He gets things um, quickly. His long throw has obviously been an absolute weapon for us as well. Like, he, he's been absolutely excellent since he's come back. It does make you sit there and wonder, doesn't it, that if he didn't get injured all season, would we have even been in a relegation battle at the end of the season? Because there was times where during the season where we we conceded really silly goals or we'd make a little lapse of concentration and we'd we'd concede a last-minute equaliser or winner or whatever it might be, where you think maybe if Niacarte is in there, but we don't. So it's been amazing to have him back. I think, to be honest, on the day, I think man of the match was definitely Worrell. Um, he, he was absolutely outstanding. And I think it's really nice to see him come in. And it probably helps him playing next to Niacate and Felipe in the, when he was playing in the back three with them. Um, he's just been absolutely unbelievable. 
those those sort of last ditch tackles and those big slide tackles in the box, he's timing them right now. So he's not giving away penalties or, you know, free kicks or anything like that. He's 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 timing them really well. He was absolutely brilliant yesterday. So I think we're gonna see some competition for places next season, especially if Bolly remains fit, if Neocate stays fit, Felipe will obviously have another six months on his contract, I believe, when the season starts. He signed an eighteen month deal. So we've got a lot of competition for places there, which is only good for the team, really. And and Tom, I think uh, with 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 the long throws, I think people have sometimes forgotten a little bit about how Neocate is actually a very good footballer. And and apart from that first match back when he did that inexplicable handball, well, it wasn't inexplicable. He was he was, he was at the end of his first match back and he was knackered. So that's the kind of mistake you make. But apart from that, he's so composed, isn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant, and it, and also another thing is that his leadership qualities are pretty good because I think he was uh, Mainz's captain um, last season. So uh, yeah, like you say, he, he can play a bit and he can bring the ball out, he can pass it, and um, it's really good that we've got a couple of left-footed um, centre halves with McKenna and, and Musa. Um, so yeah, I've been really impressed um, with him, and I think it, like Adams mentioned, if. Um, if you played the majority of the season and didn't get injured, we might not be in a relegation battle, but you, you will never know that kind of thing. But yeah, since he's come back, he's been uh, brilliant. And uh, and it's nice that next season, I mean, obviously we've got to add to the squad and probably get a bit of the dead ward out and, and the sign is what ultimately haven't worked out for us. But uh, yeah, Moussa Nierkart is an absolute shoo-in to be a regular starter next season. And do you want to add anything to the chorus of approval for, for Joe Worrell? Because there were a lot of times when people were worrying whether he'd be good enough for the Premier League. But the last few matches, he's he's been he's been solid. He's been imperious. He's, he's obviously been enjoying it. And, and and he's shown why he was appointed captain. Yeah, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, I will hold my hands up and I won't apologise for being critical. Because like I says, at the end of the day, we all want a, a Forest team to do well and... He was ultimately struggling at the start of the season and you're thinking, oh, is the step up a bit too much for him? But uh, And Steve Cooper's actually looked after him re- really well. He's took him out the side and he's probably evaluated where he's going wrong with his game and everything and really worked on it. I mean, um, him and Ryan Yates, um, to be honest, that the kind of people they are and the personality and the mentality they've got can probably take the criticism and like really... Like scrape it back and like, well, I need to reevaluate myself as a, a as a player here and where can I improve on? And they've come into the side and they've been absolutely brilliant. I'm really happy for Joe um, because obviously he's come from the academy, he's gone through the age ranges, and um, yeah, in the, he's he's got that never say die attitude, and I'm really happy for him that he can in the last month or so he can say, look, I've I can play in the Premier League and um, I know his deal's up next uh, summer so it'd be nice for him to pen a new deal because um, yeah, it's just nice to have like bit homegrown players in the side and everything obviously because you've got that affiliation from the pitch into the stands and everything. He knows what it's like to be a Forest fan and what the club means and everything and obviously his, um, his message at the end of the uh, playoff final last year where he suffered as well because we've, we've been crap. In, mm. in the past, what, 20 odd years, and he's lived that. So, yeah, I'm so proud of him to actually come back and really perform in the Premier League. And, and Adam, just following up on Tom's point there, um, the fact that the spine of the team is still is still Forest fans with, with Worrell, Yates, and, and Johnson. 
we've looked better when those three those three have been in the team, haven't we? And it's not a coincidence, surely. Yeah, of course we have. Yeah, I mean, um, I think yeah. I mean, Yates, another one where his, his influence is completely understated by a lot of people. That when Yates is in the team, we do do better. And that that mid a midfield three of Yates, Mangala, and Danilo could could be a midfield three that we look at all season next year. I mean that that can't I can't see anybody breaking that up unless we obviously bring in a, you know a centre midfielder. And I've got a few in mind. Um, but yeah, look, I think Yates has been outstanding when he's played again. This is probably where we come back to the same point a lot where injuries have affected us a lot this year with with key players being out. I think if Yates is in the squad for the majority of the year and doesn't have his injury problems again, we'd be in a much better spot because he just adds that kind of, it'll do the dirty work. I mean, other teams probably hate Yates. I mean, like other teams fans probably absolutely hate him because like he must be, I mean... <laughs> He had a few yesterday where he, he he literally pulled back the Palace player and then booted the ball away because <laughs> he's getting a yellow card anyway. So he's just like, oh, I'm going to boot the ball away as well, just just to sort of stop the play. And that's the sort of thing we've missed. And obviously Brennan, I think Brennan goes a little bit under the radar because of Gibbs White. I think people kind of forget that Brennan's actually had a brilliant first year in the Premier League considering his age and considering he's never played in the Premier League before. So... All I can say is that all those lads are quite young as well. We've got a fantastic future ahead of us with them in the team. Yeah, and with 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 Yates in particular, I think the thing that we miss when he's not in the team is also he's the one who, considering he's the least experienced top flight midfielder, well, until Danilo signed, he's the least experienced top flight midfielder that we've got in our squad. But he's the one who's doing all of all of those dark arts. He's the one who's kind of getting in the face of the referee in the opposition. He's the one who's who's kind of falling over easily and then shielding the ball and then looking absolutely aghast when somebody, you know, takes a kick at him. He's the one who's been out injured because he's taken all the kicks to the face and the, you know, the, the, the shoulder injuries and stuff like that. And that's a sign of, of, of not only pure passion, but also a good deal of know-how about what you need to do. So I think he's adapted and I, so listeners, if you, if you haven't seen it uh, via our social media, uh, I was asked to pen an end of season piece um, on behalf of Forest fans for the Observer, and in that I made the point that Ryan Yates is the beating heart of the Forest team. We're so much more competitive when when Yates is fit and firing and in the team, and and Steve Cooper knows that because he he's if Yates has been available, Cooper's played him, and Tom just thinking ahead to you know the the, the kind of that affiliation with the fans at the end of the match when the forest end were going crazy with all the inflatables the waka waka song the players came over and that affinity that even the non-nottingham players the players who probably never heard of nottingham before they'd moved to forest that affinity they have with the fans comes from steve cooper who loves Forrest, and it comes from those Nottingham lads, the Johnsons, Yates's, and Worrells, doesn't it? That's that's been a huge part in that togetherness that has seen us over the line. Yeah, very much, and the players do really appreciate that. I mean, they come over then, obviously, uh, we broke out in our own rendition, the Reds are staying up, Wacko Wack song, and and yeah, the the players have like like you mentioned, they probably didn't even know where Nottingham was uh, before the the come and everything. And that 
you name me another club who's got that affiliation with the players um, and the fans and everything, and I think you'd be uh, scratching around because there isn't many, if not uh, hardly any. So, yeah, that affiliation. And we have really been the 12th man, and there's been games this season where we've got the atmosphere at the city ground has got us over the line. And I think um, Nick Randall mentioned uh, in the Q&A recently with the, um, with the supporters' trust is that the the beating heart of the football club is the fans. And we saw how no fans really affected us during COVID when we failed to get into the playoffs. And with the fans, how we are at the city ground, and a lot of the club says, oh, that's the best atmosphere I've witnessed in a long while. And I just hope, I, I don't think it will happen, but uh, I just hope it's there next season and it doesn't like get watered down or anything. So, because like I said, we've got a map a huge asset of making the city ground a fortress. And I think, again, it's going to be key next year. Mm, mm. Okay. Thank you very much. What we're just going to do is um, uh, go to Steve Cooper's comments. So he said, you'll always be a bit disappointed when you're a goal up and there's not much uh, in the game and you don't win it. Um, But it's a good performance. We're away from home and everyone knows how that's been this year. Uh, I really like the boys' focus and attitude. uh, And he also had a good... Uh, good word for Tyro, as you can imagine, and also said that we've got a really busy summer, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch, to make sure we keep growing as a Premier League club. So all the things that we'd expect Stevie Cooper to say. Um, Tom, just uh, very, very briefly, when the players came over and the manager and 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 Mr Maranakis came over, there's a couple of people saying, oh, it wasn't as warm as it could have been between Maranakis and Cooper. Is there anything to read into that or are we just speculating? No, I mean, ever since Maranakis uh, bought the club, he's, he hasn't said a lot um, and he says he's always delivered. I think he, like, he's one of those people who, like says, he says, he doesn't promise much but he, he will deliver it in the background kind of thing. And, and I think he's, he's one of those people who... I, I think people are reading too much into it. And I think Steve Cooper always says it's not about the individual, it's about the collective. So I'm not reading anything into that. It's about what... Do you want Steve Cooper to go around the Selhurst Park pitch with Omar Naka's shoulder? It's not going to happen, is it? So, yeah, absolutely uh, nothing in it. I think, it's like today... The work will start in the off season of how to move this club forward in terms of like stabilising itself as a, um, a Premier League club. And Steve Cooper, I think, mentioned last week or um, or whatever, we've not we've got an opportunity now to actually build a club and not stand still because we can see what's happened down the A46. They've stood still in the last year or so, and they're playing Championship football um, next season. So I think um, yeah, it's a, a big sum of obviously we've got. A, Really decent core there with the likes of Nick Ate, um Johnson, Gibbs White, Awani, etc. So we need to sort out the goalkeeping situation. I sincerely hope we do sign Dean Henderson on a permanent and obviously just add to it. And a lot of people are um, forgetting the fact that I'm gutted as much as the next person with Lottie, who seems to be won't be here next season, but. But Omar Richards, who we spent big money on, so and he's got a preseason. Does he up. even exist? I saw him and uh, where did I, I saw him on a picture at the training ground or whatever. So yeah, he's, uh, uh, you can do all kinds of things well, with Photoshop these days. So. <laughs> you can. So it wasn't a video, so I can't say he was moving. But uh, yeah, we've got him to come back. So uh, and we don't know if he's going to be any good. So uh, 
So yeah. I'd, I'd well, we know he's a good player. It's just a question of you know that's a, the a mysterious injury. Yeah. Um, Adam, just anything you want to add to the Cooper Maranakis furore? Uh, yeah, I mean, any notion that they don't get on or don't like each other because of what happened on the pitch yesterday is just like utterly ridiculous. Like, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if people say it because that's just the Twitter world we live in that people say negative comments online. But um, it came over to the fans, um, Maranakis. It says <laughs> we tried to get him to do the Steve Cooper fist bump. He did. He did not understand what we were asking him to do mm. at all. The players were trying to tell him. Uh, but he didn't understand. Uh, and he sort of just came over and just sort of wafted his like hands around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem like a, a, a very... So I use the word emotional, but he doesn't seem like a very emotional person. He's not the type of guy that's going to come over and give Steve Cooper a big cuddle in front of the fans and all that sort of stuff. All he really did was he went over to the players and sort of gave them a light pat on the back and then walked off. That's just seemingly the type of person He's he a is. ruthless businessman. He is. You know, yeah. So, I mean, so I'm going to give the last word on this one to the Maradon the Midlands who um, uh, uh, sent me a message yesterday and he said, I think Coops is intelligent enough to take the Marcelo Bielsa attitude to football club owners. Despite how nice he's being to me now, this guy's probably eventually going to fire me. And I think that's one of those things whereby this is where we go back to that conversation we've already had about how important it is that Maranakis, whether it be out of pragmatism or idealism has stuck with Cooper. So the fact that that's the, that's the case, I think probably tells you all you need to know. But we also know that the life of a football um, manager or a head coach is a precarious one. Um, we're going to finish it there for today. So I'm going to say a massive thank you to Tom and Adam. As always, listener, I'm going to say a big thank you to you for joining us throughout the season. But our season is not over. We are going to have an end of season review in another week or so's time. And we're going to have a couple of special podcasts for you over the summer. Uh, some good interviews and a couple of features uh, coming up. We're all Africa. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.